we are beginning something that I believe is, is so important and I know that we have titled this little mini-series for today, this morning and tonight Opening the Door to Halloween not Halloween, Halloween now just you're looking at me, do we have to dismiss any of you? I think we're all here the children need to be dismissed, so God bless the children you go downstairs to your classroom now. I want to say right in the beginning that although we are speaking about what is going on during this time of the year with Halloween, and we can look at the, the background, and we'll look at the historical elements to it, and the demonic element to all of this, this supposed holiday focuses in on children for the most part but there's something a lot more sinister behind all of this but I do want to talk about our children which is extremely important because the devil is after our children and we've seen this more and more in the last I believe five years and I've ever seen it and what we see today uh, in our world it's absolutely amazing and I'm going to bring some, some things to the surface this morning that has been hush-hush over the years. I'm going to be also talking about sex trafficking because it's all related to, to Halloween and you're going to see why and how it's all related as we break it down this morning. And so, I want to begin by looking at a scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 which is my text and I'll be speaking from this text and we're going to be looking at many many portions of scriptures that will expose the darkness that is all around us the Bible tells us this now watch this have no fellowship Greek word koinonia which means just to hang around and spend time with don't hang around or spend time with any unfruitful works of darkness but rather to reprove them or more accurately to expose them this morning by the grace of God and tonight we are going to attempt to expose these works of darkness that surrounds us especially during this time of the year Halloween opening the door to Halloween unmasking the mask of Halloween now let me just say to you friends that when I say open the door I mean just that there are many people who inadvertently open the door to the demonic realm and they're not even aware of it and I want to talk a little bit about that this morning having no fellowship Jesus said in the last days there'll be many false cults and false prophets bringing deception to the world bringing what seems to be right but it's wrong and we're gonna see the occult we're gonna see these demonic practices according to the Word of God continue to rise and continue to have influence in our society year after year and we're seeing it today second Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 to 15 says that Satan comes as an angel of light 
to bring deception. So he's coming to bring some light. He comes to bring things that seem appealing and seems nice and good and fun and attractive, but it's all demonic. It's all a disguise. And we need discernment to be able to distinguish what is truth from a lie. And we've said this, and I'll be saying this over and over again, that deception is what we need more today. I mean, uh, uh, not, not, uh, discernment is what we need more today so we can understand what indeed is deception and why and how we are being deceived in this world in such a subtle way. And what is discernment? Not necessarily knowing what is blatantly right or wrong. I hope, I hope that we as believers have some kind of understanding what is the difference between right or wrong. Now we know that the world doesn't. But we also need to be able to discern what is right from also right. As Charles Spurgeon has once said. What is right from almost being right. What is light and almost being light. What is darkness and almost being dark? We need to be able to distinguish these things. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 and following says that we're in a battle. Paloma, the Greek word. Paloma, the Greek word means an actual hand-to-hand -hand physical combat, battle. But we're not fighting like we did in the Old Testament. We're not fighting like we see in Israel with, with nuclear weapons and bombs and, and tanks. And we're not fighting physically with swords and spears. We're fighting a spiritual battle. Our weaponry are not tanks and bullets. We fight a different battle. And the Bible tells us that we are fighting against the wiles of the devil. The Greek word for wiles is the word schemos or scheme. The devil has a scheme. He's got a strategy. And many of us are blinded to it. But we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against man versus man in the physical realm. Bullet versus bullet. We're fighting this unseen force. These spiritual demonic strongholds that we cannot see with our naked eye. And if God would open our eyes to see into the spirit realm, it would horrify most of you. You'd be in shock if you were able to see what is really going on in the spirit realm. This is the battle that we face today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 tells us that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical. They're not bullets. They're not swords. They're not spears. They're not natural. But they are mighty. They are spiritual through the pulling down of strongholds. That's how these strongholds come down. They don't come down through bullets. They don't come down through arguments. They don't come down from the natural realm. There will always be physical wars upon the earth. They cannot come down in that way. They can only come down through a spiritual element that we as believers should be a part of. The pulling down of strongholds. You see, the devil wouldn't be attacking you so hard, my friend, if 
There wasn't something valuable inside of you. For greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Remember, thieves don't break into empty homes. No, 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 no. There's something inside of you that God has put. The Spirit of God that lives in And you pray in the Spirit. Something happens when God's people begin to pray. Something happens when we begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to come against these forces of darkness. And so... The question that's been asked of me over the years because I've been preaching this type of message all my ministry. And inevitably there's always this question that comes to me time after time. Well, pastor, well, what could there possibly be wrong with Halloween? It's just fun. It's the kids having fun, costumes and candies. It's all fun and games. What can there possibly be wrong with that? Well, statistically, Barna Institute gives us these statistics, and I'm going to answer this question. Some Christians believe that Satan is just a symbol. Some, and you know what the percentage is? The percentage of some Christians believing it's only a symbol is 40%. This was a survey done by the greatest uh, Christian uh, statistic organization. 40% of believers believe that the devil is just symbolic. If that's true, 40% of you here in this room will not receive this message. 40% believe the devil is just a symbol. No wonder the church, for the most part, is weak. 26% believe, believe Satan is real. Only 26. 26. That tells me that you haven't really experienced spiritual warfare. See, the devil won't bother with you if you're just sitting and warming up a pew. You're not a threat to the enemy. Why would he bother with you? The minute you become a threat, it's at that point where you'll understand what it means to engage in spiritual warfare. And that does make sense because the Bible just tells us that when Jesus comes back, he's, it's going to be in an atmosphere where the church will be cold, that lukewarm spirit will be prevalent. And so that makes sense to me. 45% don't know whether the devil's real. 45%. Can you imagine that? And so when somebody who seems to be a Christian says, well, pastor, uh, I, I believe in Jesus, but I don't see anything wrong with Halloween. I can tell you right now, if that is you, and somebody viewing me on Facebook, that tells me that you are a lukewarm believer. Because a lukewarm believer, if they would understand what's really going on, would never agree to what takes place on Halloween. Never. It's always the lukewarm believers that seem to say there's nothing wrong with Halloween. And I've come to this conclusion, my brothers and sisters, after 30 years of preaching this stuff. You'll never see someone who's on fire for God. You'll never see somebody who's truly hungry for God accepting and believing and endorsing what Halloween is. And so let's just do that this morning. I want to give you a historical element to it, a perspective historically on Halloween and its foundation 
Now let me say to you that 300 years before Jesus was born, a civilization of people called the Celtics or Celtics lived throughout the British Isles in Scandinavia and Western Europe. They were a common group, much like many segments of our society today, but they were controlled by a secret society, like the Masons more or less, a secret society, a secret society, like that of the Illuminati, of priests and pagans called the Druids. These are the ones that, if you go to England, a certain part, you'll find Stonehenge, I'm sure you've known, heard about this, developed by the Druids for religious purposes still exist today but these Jews were Satanists blatant Satanists who worshiped and served the demon god of death called Saman the demon god of death called Saman S-A-H or M-A-N these satanic priests literally controlled people's lives through demonic activity and through fear and each year on October 31 October 31st the Druids celebrated the eve of the Celtic New Year in honor of their pagan god, Saman. Saman. This festival was more accurately called the Festival of Death. It is still recognized today by all Satanist pagans and devil worshippers as the eve of the New Year. And I have an article here and I... I, I that if anybody wants to read, I have an article right here that speaks of this festival that they practice today in Mexico and throughout the world. If you want to show, see it, I will show it to you after the service and you can have it and give it back to me. It exists today in Mexico. There's all kinds of activity. They celebrate this festival of death. Now, Anton LaVey, the author of the Satanic Bible and the Church of Satan, who had over 8,000 members in the 60s leader of the satanic church high priest he was asked asked and said many questions but he said this he said there are three important days that satanists practice three very important days that satanists devil worshippers practice number one their birthday Number two, April the 30th, and the most important day of the year, October 31st. Now, why would October 31st, Halloween, be the most important day for a Satanist? Because of what takes place on Halloween. And so, parents, as you're sending your children in a nice little trick-or-treat, that night, the most diabolical, unconscionable, barbaric acts against children take place that I'm going to expose today October 31st this is the time they look forward to most throughout the year every Satanist looks forward for Halloween more than any other time it would be akin to a Christian looking forward for Christmas or looking forward to Easter Sunday resurrection Anton LaVey says it is on this night that satanic occultic witchcraft powers are at its highest potential and many witches and, 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 and satanists who have been having difficulty with perhaps spells or curses can usually achieve success on October 31st because of the demonic influence that takes place 
powers are at the strongest that night. And so October 31st, Halloween is the eve of the new year for witchcraft and demonic activity. Now, uh, years ago when the encyclopedia was read and Google didn't exist, uh, you can Google if you like, I looked up Halloween. This is when I'm talking now, 25 years ago. And it says this about Halloween. This is the beginning of all that is dark, cold, and dead in this world. And so when we send our children out to go trick or treating, innocently you say, we are actually telling them to celebrate all that is cold, dark, and dead. Jeremiah chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 says, Do not imitate any heathen practice. Trick or treating was a heathen practice that was done by the Druids. And I'm going to expand on that in a few moments. Anton LaVey, again the high priest, who wrote the Satanic Bible, and I've seen this on video. I've seen him interviewed on video. He said, I'm glad that Christian parents send their children out each year, once a year, because they don't realize that they are worshiping the devil that time of the year when they send out their children and what they're actually doing. They don't see it. If they understood what took place on Halloween, they would never do that. Listen to what it says. What he says, if the Christian parents knew what Halloween was all about, they would never send their children out. John Ramirez says, watch this now, concerning this night. He says that Satanists celebrate Easter. Do they celebrate Easter for the chocolates? No. Do Satanists celebrate Christianity because of the presents? No. Then why do you send out your children just for the candies because I've heard that argument well pastor it's for the candies for the fun do you know what might be in some of those candies I'm gonna tell you what certain people do when children go knocking on the door so innocently and you might be thinking right now as I'm speaking to you well pastor I've met my kids before nothing's really happened wait I'm gonna tell you some things that happen I'm going to tell you, John Ramirez, who was a high priest who gave his life to Christ, a very well-known preacher today, he said this, we are quick, quick on our feet to rush and honor the devil in so many ways. We see no harm in Halloween because we think it's fun. We paint our faces, we wear our innocent costumes, we dress up our doorways, even churches dress up their entries for Halloween with pumpkins. These actions are like giving the devil license, saying, Here, here's my church, you can have it. We think because we're not performing any demonic rituals or human sacrifices, that we are on a safe ground. But did you know that as soon as you dress up, whether you color your face or put on a costume, you have dedicated yourself and your children to celebrating the devil's holiday? You have just made a pact with the enemy and you don't even realize it and you are already sacrificing your children spiritually by dressing them up and changing their identity again I repeat Jeremiah chapter 10 verses 1 to 2 do not imitate any any of these pagan rituals he says that devil worshippers Halloween is the very very special to us I quote him 
He says, and we looked before he's speaking in testimony. We looked forward to celebrating because we knew the implications and the dark powers behind the night. It is very different from every other night in the witchcraft world. It would be like me saying to believers today, how important to you are Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Halloween has that much weight and importance to those who dwell on the dark side. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, and I know I'm speaking to somebody out there, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This morning and tonight I'm going to be doing my best by the grace of God to, to bring some knowledge and some information to us that I know many of us do not know. That I know that many of us have no understanding. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, let us not be ignorant of his devices. It's the same word as the word scheme that we just read in, the, in Ephesians chapter 6, that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. The devil is wise, he's got schemes, he's got strategy, and he's doing his very best to let people know that Halloween is just fun, kids are just innocent, don't worry about it, just send them up with their nice Google outfits and the ghosts and the goblins oh they're just fun and games there's no real implication to them that's a lie and that's a deception because there's something very real behind the scenes there's something very real that's going on subterranean listen my friends what we're doing by participating in this supposed holiday is we are opening ourselves to the demonic realm do you hear what I'm saying? As we participate and decorate our house and put our pumpkins in the doors and send our kids and paint our faces, we are inadvertently opening up the door to the demonic realm. And this can happen very innocently with Ouija boards. Ouija boards. This is a Ouija board that kids love to play with, that's actually produced by Parker Brothers that have also given us the most famous game, Monopoly. A Ouija board is something like this. Okay, there are big Ouija boards that witches and warlocks participate in like this. I'll show you the pictures later. I wanted to get them on the screen, but I wasn't able to do that. I can show you this later if you like. What is a Ouija? Ouija is just a fun board game. It's, is it really? Is it really just fun and game? Well, let's just have some fun. Do you know how many kids and teenagers have been possessed because they participated in Ouija boards? Literally possessed by devils? I know this firsthand because my sister had one or participated in this when she was younger. And I didn't know about it. This is before we were Christians. And I'm going to tell you what she went through and what she experienced. I was there with her. And she would tell me stories of what happened. You would just ask the question in the spirit realm and, and, and they wouldn't touch anything. And there was this mechanism here, this, this, you have your computer, you have your mouse, you have a little mouse on the computer. There was like a little mouse in front of the Ouija board and you would ask a question, let's say, uh, 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 just what is my favorite color? And this Ouija board, this little mouse would, 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 would spell out the word blue. You would ask questions like, uh, uh, what, is, what, 
What, how old is the prime minister? And wouldn't touch them. And it would say exactly how old. And then because you want to know about your future, you want to know about certain things, and it would answer. And you wouldn't even touch it. And it would go around. That's why they got numbers in their letters. And this Ouija and this mouse would go. I know this firsthand because my sister would tell me, and I've also talked to many people. So it would go around, wouldn't touch it, and it would go and literally land on a particular number or letter and spell out. These were spirits doing this. And many children innocently having, oh, how fun this is! Many of them would be possessed. In fact, The Exorcist, the movie, The Exorcist, and we many with what's her name, Linda Blair. Many, some of you are too uh, young to uh, have seen this. How, how many have known of this or have seen this? You don't have to raise your hand. I mean, that was a very, very popular, popular movie when I was a, a teenager. And the truth is, it wasn't a girl. It was a true story. A boy, a boy. It was a boy who got possessed, but he got possessed playing with a Ouija board. So if you've ever heard of The Exorcist, if you've seen or you know anything about it, it is a true story. Few things have changed, but the essence is true. All in the name of fun and games! How many people open themselves up to the demonic realm and they're not even aware of it certain things that they do certain games that they play brothers and sisters these druid, these druid priests would go from house to house demanding all sorts of strange foods for their own consumption and to offer later to the Lord Saman at the festival of death and there would be all kinds of activities taking place at this festival of death there'd be sacrifices to Saman, vegetables and fruits, animals, and also they would sacrifice children. Children is always part of this equation. We're going to get deeper. Some of you are going to hear things that are going to, they're going to, I'm, I'm, they're going to anger you. Some of you are going to hear things today that are going to shock you. And that comes from the Old Testament. Why was God so against uh, these, these people in the land of Canaan, in the prom? Why did God tell Joshua, you have to destroy, destroy the, 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 these communities? A lot of them were involved in satanic rituals, and a lot of them were involved in serving the God of Moloch, where they would literally sacrifice children upon the altar of Moloch. Sacrifice children. Children was always a part of this. Children, because the devil is after our children and we see it in schools and we have schools now where it's no problem and I will show you this article now we're teaching our children about witchcraft there's even courses in university on witchcraft and sorcery courses it never was the case before little child in one of the schools she's being influenced by a teacher about how to dress up for Halloween and 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 gets introduced to all these things and actually go into the background of what Halloween is in our schools. We, we see this happening more and more and more. Now, as these Druids are going from house to house soliciting offerings, if the village that, they, that he goes to and if some people would not give them foods that they demanded, they would speak a demonic curse over their home. 
So they're going from door to door. Stay with me. This is where we get trick or treat from. So they would go from door to door and they would solicit an offering. And even, and even what they would do, they would even ask for their animals. That they would sacrifice their animals. They would ask for these things. And there, if there would be someone in the family that if they, they said no, if they didn't participate, if they didn't, if they didn't agree, they would pronounce a curse on that family and someone in that family would either get seriously sick or they would die that year. And thus you have the trick or treat. So if you're knocking on your door and you receive, you give them something, you're going to be blessed by the God of Saman. If you say no, you'll receive a curse. You will get a trick rather than a treat. How many of you have ever heard of the term egging? Egging? Thank you. So another part of this curse is that they, they throw an egg. There'd be all kinds, they throw eggs as a form, part of the curse ritual. I, in my house, Katrina, do you remember when one of these, one of, uh, you remember the egging? Uh, so us, of course, each Halloween, we, we have our lights shut. There's nothing in our house. And so one day, one day I'm coming back from church and um, I found in my door eggs, just, you know, and shells in the ground. My, my whole door was filled with eggs and people threw eggs at my door. And uh, it, was, it was during Halloween. And I knew this before, but what is the term for egging? It's a, a, a term that uh, they're upset with you. They're, they're give, they're, 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 because they're upset, they're going to throw these eggs. It's a form of a curse against you and your, and your um, not willingness to participate in Halloween. And so they will throw eggs at your door or they'll throw eggs at you. This all stems from this particular ritual that some of these Jews would do in these homes that would not participate in their willingness to, uh, to uh, honor the God of Saman. And that happened to me when I was in Western Skies. Pumpkins, thank you for asking. The Jews would carry with them a large turnip originally, which had been carved out from the inside out and they carved faces watch us now on their turnip in front to represent the demonic spirit they depended upon for their power and knowledge so they would go from house to house and they would have this huge turnip and they would have they would carve out a face that represented the demon uh, that empowered them and I always found that interesting and I'm going to tell you for many reasons but I remember when I was in, living in Mississauga on Western Skies. I would go for my daily uh, my walks and my runs. And uh, I was on uh, McLaughlin. And I remember as I was walking down McLaughlin, I noticed a house. And it had in front of this house this round, like, like a, some kind of picture. Right in front of the house. Round. And it was a black face. A really ugly looking face. Black background. And a yellow tongue coming out of its mouth. And, and uh, I, I said, whoa. Really, was horrific. So, a, a, a funny face had red and eyes were obscure, but a huge yellow tongue. I found out later that was the, uh, a god. Found out later this was a god, a form of some god that they worshipped. And uh, I said, okay, I didn't make much of it until I went to India. And uh, when I went to India, uh, 2001, I believe it was, 
I would see those pictures. But what happened was even greater than that. I was preaching in a campaign in India. I was in a church, and there was a lady right in, uh, right in front of me. Just people all over the place, and I heard all kinds of crazy sounds. And all of a sudden, as, as uh, this lady makes a beeline towards me, she must have been about maybe 90 pounds at best. She's running towards me, and she's screaming, and she's yelling. This is what happened in one of my crusades that I was there. And the board members were holding, couldn't even hold her back. She falls down, eventually, and I begin to pray with her. And as I'm praying with her, her tongue... Listen, this is, I'm an, I, I was there, I prayed, uh, came out of her mouth, and it was huge, yellow tongue came out. It was, I, I just thought, out that, what is going on here? And her face began to contort. And I tell you, I, I've never seen anything like this before. And then I remembered that face that I saw, that yellow tongue that I saw when I was walking. It was the same thing. It was a demon. And many times demons manifest through human beings. In the very same crusade, not too long after that, I was preaching, and there was a lady in front of me, and I'm starting to preach, and all of a sudden she falls off her chair and begins to, to swarm like a snake. I couldn't believe it. Just, I, I, her body, I've never seen anybody move like this. Her, her body became like an elastic band. It was humanly impossible to do these things. And then we prayed for her, found out she worshipped the snake god. In India, they worship millions of gods. There's the elephant, face half man, half elephant, rat god, snake god, frog. They worship. And these demons possess. They, when you begin to worship and open your door, the door to these strongholds, to these idols, you open the door and they come and possess. If you open the door and play with the Ouija board, they come to possess that's why when I deal with people, I, I've, I've talked to people, and pastor, I'm dealing with all this stuff, and, and I sense evil. I said, what have you opened the door to? I always ask the question, have you done anything to open the door to the demonic realm? And as we continue to ask questions, I'm able to find out that they did. And they go to explain certain things that they've done. The opening of the door to the demonic realm. And this is called the familiar spirit, Acts chapter 16. The Bible speaks of this over and over again. Leviticus chapter 20, Isaiah, 1 Samuel chapter 28. Now watch this. The turnip was lit by a candle from within. And it was used as a lantern for Druids as they went from house to house at night. But the truth is, as I mentioned, it was a familiar spirit that would inhabit the turnips and assist them in carrying out these spells and these curses spoken over the homes and the lives of those refusing the Druids' demands. Now when this practice came to the United States and to America in the 18th centuries, these turnips were not prominent. But what we do have in this country and in the U.S., we have a vegetable native to this land that is extremely well known and of course was substituted for the turnip which was what you all said it of course the pumpkin the pumpkin became now the turnip if you will replaced the turnip 
the name that was given to the spirit which inhabited the turnip originally, watch this now, was Jock. Jock was spelled J-O-C-K. That was the demonic spirit's name. And so upon arriving in America, this word took another shape. It became Jack. So Jock evolved to Jack who lives in a lantern or Jack-O-Lantern. When you see, oh, a jack-o'-lantern, that what it means originally is jock the spirit that lived in the turnip. Now, jack-o'-lantern, which lives in the pumpkin, that's my light. It all originates from this spirit jock, this familiar spirit. So, so, so this is how it evolved. And so, and so if you have the pumpkins outside the door you have these you see people all over the place you see pumpkins outside of doors everywhere you go in the city you'll find homes and they've got nice pumpkins they've got faces on these pumpkins what do you think these faces represent we think it's fun and games originally it was carved out to represent that demonic stronghold that demon and so when we're making faces on our pumpkins we're doing the same thing that these druids did originally do you see where it comes from? And so you can clearly see there's nothing Christian about Halloween. It is today what it has always been, a day of dedicated over to the darkness of this world. And so how did it get into the church? Because unfortunately the church promoted Halloween. The Catholic church promoted Halloween. How did this happen? Stay with me. When King Constantine became the emperor of Rome, around 300 AD or so, he made a law declaring Christianity, which was Catholicism, as a state religion. He was so zealous in his newfound faith, and he demanded as an emperor that everyone became a Christian or faced the penalty of death. So, so you had to be a Christian or we would kill you. He would use the sword. Isn't that the very opposite of what Jesus said? He that uses a sword shall die by the sword. So, so now King Constantine is declaring Christian to be the state of Rome to be Christian. And if you don't become a Christian, you will be slain. You'll be killed. Well... You can imagine what happened. The churches were flooded with pagans who were not converted, but rather forced to join the Catholic Church or lose their lives for defying the emperor. But you see, friends, you can't force Christianity. It's like what other religions try to do. They try to come to you and force their religion. You can't force religion. You have to experience Christ. You see, when Constantine was trying to force Catholicism down the throats of the people, they weren't converted, they were forced. They were forced to practice uh, these supposed Christian uh, ways of living, but they never experienced Christ. So, so what I'm trying to say to you is that these pagan priests who were now forced to become Christians, they never changed. They still practice their, their, their religion. And that applies to you and me. That applies to some of us maybe here or listening. You might be going to church and you might say, well, I'm just doing it to please this or to do that. But you haven't had a real or a true conversion. Then it's just external. 
If you have an external relationship with Christ, there's no change. You will still do the things you used to do. Because your relationship is based on something external. You can't force Christ. Okay, I'll go, I'll do this for you. And if, if you're doing things for somebody just to please them in the name of Christ, it won't last because it's not real. You haven't experienced it for yourself. And so this is what's been happening here. All kinds of people were forced to get, to get saved, but they were, to become Christians, but they weren't. The problems continued. Now the Pope faced some severe problems eventually. You see, these people were bringing all of their pagan practices and ideas into the church, including the festival of Saman, which remained as part of their lifestyle. So, so they became Christians, but they still practiced, these priests, the festival of death and Saman. And so since the church was unsuccessful in getting the pagan practices out of the people, well, they decided maybe we can sanctify this event somehow. Let's see, we can't, we can't change their hearts, we can force them, but obviously they haven't changed. Maybe we can change the meaning of the day. Maybe we can make the day holy. Maybe we can do something that can bring some kind of spirituality to Halloween, to the festival of death. And so they thought about that. And in the ninth century, the Pope declared a new day to be celebrated by the church November the 1st. And some of you were Catholics before, my wife was, and I even talked to my in-laws about this. November the 1st was called All Saints Day. How many have ever heard of All Saints Day? This started in the Catholic Church, 9th century. This day is in honor of all the martyred saints of the church. And so Halloween, watch this now, October 31st became the Eve of All Saints Day. So let's try to make it a little bit holy. Let's call it All Saints Day. Let's celebrate what happened to the martyrs. We'll try to mix it, try to give some kind of holiness to Halloween. And so the church allowed this practice to continue, but it was a compromise, obviously. It's like a spiritual spin on something that's demonic. Well, the Bible tells me in Second Corinthians chapter 6, what fellowship does Christ have with the devil? What fellowship is there between light and darkness? You can't have any. And what the Catholic Church tried to do, they tried to bring some, some light into this darkness. Let's change. Let's try to celebrate All Saints Day to, to put some kind of spin on this horrific day so we can soften the, the blow, so the blow, so it won't be so dark. Let's, let's try to make something holy. Let's celebrate the saints who've died. Let's focus in on that. Hmm. The church is saying, look, you, you can still have this festival on October 31st, no problem, because November 1st is going to be declared a holy day. So here we go. And so friends, are you ready? All Saints Day is known as All Hallow Mass. All, I'm giving you the original. All Hallows Mass. That's how it originally stated in the beginning. And over the years, the evening before November 1st became known as all Hallows Eve. And then, and then it became known eventually as All Halloween, which finally evolved to Halloween. That's how we get it. 
It all started in the Catholic Church. But you see, the problem was that nothing changed the people. They didn't de- lay down their lifestyle. They didn't lay down their practices. They still worship the devil because Christianity cannot be forced. It must be experienced. Unless you are born again, Jesus says. You, listen, knowledge without experience means nothing. And that's why you have these supposed believers who endorse Halloween because they haven't truly experienced the reality of Christ. Is that, is that my, my thing? Wow. That is crazy. Can you hear me? Are you able to hear me? No. Wow, either that was a great amen or the devil's mad. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. It's good. So, something else? Are we okay now? Man, that was, uh, like I said. That, uh, see, there's, I, I'm going to be talking about disturbances in a few moments because, uh, look, I'm used to this. Every time I preach on these things, there's always something crazy going on. And I'm going to tell you an example. Sharon, you're here. You can attest to this. There's always something nutty that goes on. Maybe there'll be something else happening a little bit later. It doesn't surprise me. But you see, brothers and sisters, we're in a battle. And unless you're truly born again, you don't see it. You see, they had... This, this November 1st All Saints Day, but they had no prayer meetings. There was no true worship of God. It was just to compensate. They tried to figure out, put some holy spin to it, but there was no real endeavor to see God. Not at all. So, as it was in the beginning, and it still is today, Halloween is a, as dark as it's ever been, that honors and promotes everything that is demonic and dark. And so what the Pope attempted to do in 800, forget the exact date it was, but it was the 9th century, everything backfired, everything backfired because they didn't take a stand to remove it. My friends, if we don't take a stand against godlessness, especially in our generation, if we don't take a stand against unrighteousness, because God's looking for people that will take a stand today. There's too much spiritual malaise going on. Too much insipidness and tepidness going on. There's too much, oh, it's okay, everything's going to be just fine. No, no, there's too much tolerance in the church. There's too much of it. And if we have too much tolerance, there'll never be Halloween eventually became recognized by the church as a religious holiday (laughs) nothing could be further from the truth Halloween is and will always be a festival of Saman a festival of devils because it's firmly rooted in the occult now, let's shift gears. Doreen or Doreen Irving was a high priestess of Satan. She got saved many years ago. 
She was a ruling witch of Western Europe, one of the five brides. Satan himself, that's possessed a certain individual, a certain high priest, has five brides. This is in the demonic realm in the church of Satan. He has five brides, and one of them during this time was a woman by the name of Doreen Irvine. She eventually became born again, and she was interviewed one day, and I'll tell you, she said, and she says in her testimony why she got saved. I'm going to tell you why she got saved. She said, first of all, before she gave her testimony, if, same thing Anton LaVey said, if Christian parents had any idea of what Halloween really is, they, would even, they wouldn't even mention the word around their children. Anton LaVey said that, and now Doreen Irving said that. Both involved in Satanism. She tells a story of her going to middle school trying to abduct a child for a Halloween Saman festival. So she, with her cohorts, tried to abduct a child. Again, children. I'm going to be talking a lot about children, so hold on to your hats. We're going to go deeper in just a moment. So she wanted to abduct a child. This is a true story. She's testifying it uh, over this. And she had some people with her. And she saw one particular child, and, and the parents weren't around the child. And this was after school. And it was all by himself for a period of time. And she went to, uh, to abduct this child. And I've seen actually video. I've seen videos where this happens. Where, where, where uh, on, on CTZ TV, the camera, they're able to d detect certain things. And I've seen on YouTube where people, this is live footage, trying to abduct children. Something very similar. But she was about to abduct this child, and she couldn't. She couldn't even approach this child. She wanted to grab this child and bring her into the car, but couldn't. There was like a force protecting this child. Found out later that this child has Christian parents who would pray night and day for her child. Had a wall around that child. Oh, aren't you glad for Psalm 34? Aren't you glad for Psalm 91 that he gives his angels charge over your children? And you know what she said? I quote her. She said, I realized then that there's a greater power than I have. And eventually she gave herself to Christ. Wow. Let me just say something, friends. Do you know that hundreds and hundreds of children go missing each year in the United States and Canada? And times you see their pictures on trucks. You ever see the pictures on trucks, you know, dismissing, or on milk cartons? You know the story. But you see, some children are targeted by Satanists and demonic groups for ritualistic purposes. Last year, Fox News reported that each year, children are missing by the hundreds each year. And I was just listening to a report recently, even with my wife, uh, in Ohio, they've had an increase that they've seen uh, an increase of children going missing, especially uh, in the month of September and October. And I can tell you why September, October, because that's the month that they get ready for Halloween so they can sacrifice children. The devil wants a sacrifice. He wants to impersonate everything about God. That's why Jesus is so crucial. Jesus sacrificed his life for you and me. And he shed his blood. And the devil wants to imitate that over and over again. Where things or people or animals can be sacrificed to him. He's after our children. You know the left 
They banned prayer in public schools because it's offensive. No prayer in the schools? It's too offensive. Okay? Alright? But they won't let us ban drag queen story hour at our libraries. Ah! They'll let the story, these drag queens come into our churches and in our libraries because what? Because we, we have freedom of speech here. They got the right. So they banned prayer from our schools, but they don't ban drag queens because of freedom of speech. I wonder what, what's worse for the children. My wife and I saw a movie yesterday that has torn my heart, my wife's heart. It was called Sound of Freedom. It's about sex trafficking children in Colombia. This is a demonic spirit. And the truth is, my friends, that many are against this film and anything else that deals with sex trafficking of children. They don't want you to know. They don't, they don't want to expose what's really going on with sex trafficking children. The U.S. is the world's largest consumer, if I will, of child pornography and trafficking. Even celebrities are involved, and it's all hush-hush. All hush-hush. Two million children worldwide are involved in sex trafficking. Two million. We all heard of Jeffrey Epstein, billionaire, had this special island, that's ahead in Colombia, the same thing, where they would bring children, fly them in with planes, and come to this island, and they have all these celebrities part of this pedophilia which I believe is the worst abomination of all children he got exposed he got exposed and he committed suicide or somebody killed him but he died it's all hush hush nobody. in Colombia the movie the same thing they had this island and nobody was supposed to know that rich would come it's always the rich that are involved in this debauchery not always, but in these cases. The devil is after our children. He's after your child. He's after my children. He's after your children. And so friends, when you look at the Druids, these priests that would sacrifice children, they believed that the spirits of the dead would torment the living because a veil separating the living from the dead was at its thinnest, you see. And Satanists and witches and warlocks would perform all kinds of incantations so that evil spirits and the souls of the dead would pass through this barrier that, uh, and entered in the world of the living. And so crops might be destroyed, babies were stolen, farm animals were killed and sacrificed. This is a reality of that day and of this day. This still exists today. And I'm going to tell you something firsthand. And Pastor Melody knows about this. And Pastor Josh, because I was pastoring in Brantford. And I had a, I had a radio program, actually a television program called Nightlight. Uh, that was by 100 Huntley Street years ago. And I would do that for about a, I did that for a year. And I would host a program. It was like a Q&A program. I would, I would teach on something. Then I'd have a Q&A. Q&A meaning that people can call in and ask questions. So it was like a you know, podcast in the vernacular. And people would call in from all over and ask me questions and whatever. And so uh, I remember uh, I was preaching on Halloween. Opening the door to Halloween. And I would talk about things like this. I would talk about 
the evils of Halloween. And this woman calls. And she called me and she said, uh, Pastor Dino, she said, everything you're saying is true. I said, oh, thank you. I said, it's good. Well, who are you? Said, My name is so-and-so and I used to be a witch and I was a breeder. I said, you were what? A breeder. I said, what's a breeder? I did some research after this to verify whether this is true or not. A breeder is a woman involved in Satanism who would give birth to a child for the sole purposes of sacrifice. I spoke with her. She came to, eventually I led her to, she, well, she, she wasn't a Christian at the time. She was searching a letter to Christ by God's grace and I brought her to the church. And I can tell you, she verified all the things that I spoke about. She was a bona fide a Satanist priestess who would bear children for the sole purpose of sacrifice. So this is not some book I read. This is something I know. And she would tell me the atrocities that take place on Halloween at midnight begins. That's why we're having a prayer meeting uh, Sunday night. We're going to come against these demonic strongholds that are, by the way, all over Mississauga. And she would tell me what she would do. It made me feel so sick to my stomach. But she got saved by the grace of God. And I've got, I've got to pause here because I want to go deeper this morning. Jesus says certain things that will happen in the last days. Stay with me. You don't want to miss this part. In Luke chapter 17 verse 28... Jesus said, the last days will be like the days of Lot. Days of Lot, 26, we can, verse 28. Look, the days of Lot. Likewise also, as it was the days of Lot. They drank, they sold, they planted. Sodom and Gomorrah was known for their sexual depravity. So watch this. Jesus is saying, in the last days, there's going to be an element in society that will, that will basically dominate society. And friends, if there's ever been something that dominates society today, it is sexual immorality. All these things you hear on TV and you see the LGBT plus, I don't know how many, what is there, something else added to that? There's gender and the non-binary. All this seems to be rising today. It always was, but it's reaching a crescendo. All the, and now there's more than two genders. There's like, how many genders are there today, apparently? 10, 15 or something? And now you want to identify as a cat? Go ahead! Oh, you're a cat! Yeah, yeah, don't, uh, don't, please don't call me here. My, my pronouns now are they and them. I'm no longer a human being. I'm a cat or I'm non-binary. And that's what I identify and that's my truth. Excuse me? There'll be a rise, Jesus says, as the days of Lot. A rise of deception and sexual perversion. Sexual perversion will rise to an absolute apex. Now watch this, now watch this. He also says something else. Verse 26, as it was the days of Noah. Look at what it says in verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah. Okay, what was the days of Noah? Genesis chapter 6 verse 11. Oh my goodness, I'm getting... Genesis chapter 6 verse 11. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. This was during the time of Noah. 
I told you, we're not finished yet. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. This was during the time of Noah. Now stay with me. What is Jesus saying? The two major things we're going to see rise into a forefront, to an apex before the coming of the Lord. Sexual depravity, immorality. And we're going to see violence. Nation against nation, race against race. Is that not true? Did he not prophesy this? Matthew chapter 24. Stay with me! Do you know what violence means in the Hebrew? What does violence mean in the Hebrew? It's the word Hamas. Hamas. Hamas will rise in violence and power and debauchery. Hamas, the spirit of the last days, sexual depravity, debauchery and violence will rise. Perilous, Paul said perilous times will come, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Hamas will rise. You know there's Hamas cells all over the United States and Canada, did you know that? Their mission is to destroy and conquer. They're not freedom fighters. They want to destroy, propagate their own philosophy in jihad. Hamas will not tell you. They don't make it public. Now watch this. But their hidden name, according to a preacher that I heard the other day, their hidden name is a term used for planned parenthood. A term used for planned parenthood. How do you do that? Kill the babies. How many babies got murdered, uh, slaughtered the other day? In the Gaza? How many? How many kids, babies were beheaded? How many? 40? Nadia, how many were there? About 40 babies were beheaded. How do you behead a baby? It's a demonic spirit. Do you see me? Planned parenthood. And this preacher goes on to say that that's been their M.O. They have killed many, many babies in the past. Families. They rape. Hamas. Violence. Rape. Debauchery. And devastation. I'm not here for a political agenda. I'm not going to tell you, oh, you will Palestine. I'm not into this. I'm not talking about politics here. I'm, gonna, I'm talking about the Word of God. Amen. Period. We don't have a political problem, my friend. It's a spiritual one. Our problem's not chemical, it's spiritual. So please, oh, Pastor Dina, are you pro Israel? That's not about pro Israel or pro Palestine here. Talking about violence according to the word. We're attacking our children. It's a spirit. And so, friends, during Halloween, pagans gather to sing ritual songs and they chant ancient sayings and prayers, meditating by flickering candlelights to evoke the supernatural. They honor the changing seasons of the goddess Earth. Crystals, spiritual healing, all this crystal stuff, new age, all part of this demonic element. 
And they put food offering for the dead as a sacrifice. Now in our culture has been absorbed see, by wearing costumes of witches and ghosts and goblins and skeletons, devils. Yes, using Halloween as a hook to attract our children and parents who don't think anything's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Modern, modern witches, warlocks, pagans and satanists have won some amazing public relations before it was completely shunned and looked down upon. Now it's perceived as fun and fascinating and even as a religious alternative and people are turning to this because they see some kind of power and I watched a documentary not too long ago a lot of the youth are gravitating towards the occult because they get some sort of power yeah they, they think it's something fancy it's a demonic stronghold it's demonic it's demons that are possessing our youth and they love it because they got some kind of power all these goths and all these people they think it and they're a blood sacrifice there's even a thing called vampirism vampirism where now there's these goths they start cutting themselves and drinking their blood all part of these rituals they don't realize they're opening the door to the demonic and most of them are possessed by the devil all in the name of fun and games they're looking for the sensational but they're losing the spiritual Oh, there you can write that down. And so who are these witches and warlocks? Are they for real? Of course they are. Between the years of 1575 and 1700, millions of alleged witches were put to death for practicing the black arts. Now despite such attempts to destroy witchcraft, its occult rituals survived and are practiced today around the globe. The Internal Revenue Service has officially recognized witchcraft as a religion and granted tax exemption to the church and school of Wicca. Can you believe that? They say it's a school, the IRS, they give them tax free, just like the churches. How shocking is this? Some secondary schools teach, of course, these courses in the occult. College students take courses, as I mentioned, for academic credits in ESP, numerology, hypno hypnotism. You, you, anything's all fun being hypnotized, you stay away from that. That's demonic. It's demonic to its core. I was a boy going to Malcolm Campbell High School, 1976. We had uh, a hypnotist or some kind of uh, magic, like a magic tom figure come to school to perform acts of magic and he hypnotized my friend Beverly I was right beside her Beverly and he had Beverly she now she's hypnotized had her lie down between two pillars nothing on between her she became stiff as a board stiff as a board between two pillars and he stood on her and she didn't bend how in the world is this possible demonic spirits Demonic spirits, my friend. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. I've seen these things. And so, bookstores thrive with this stuff. Respectable businesses often 
are located near fashionable boutiques. The full-page ads and tabloids offer wealth and influence and sexual gratification through the power of white witches. Again, I'm going to use some... Maybe that's why I'm so passionate about this. White witchcraft. Have you ever heard of a white witch? No such thing as a white witch. Either you're a witch or you're not. It's like saying, oh, I'm not a big sinner. Oh, I stole $20, so what? Oh, you're a thief. $20 or $2? Said you're a thief. White witchcraft. When I was uh, living in Montreal with my, with my mom, dad, my mother knew a woman by the name of Kula. She doesn't, she's not alive anymore. So, Her name was Kula, a Greek witch. And it's funny because she was in cahoots with the priests of the Orthodox Church. Go figure that one. And uh, I was about to go to Los Angeles. Uh, so I, you know, I was a little bit nervous about going there. I didn't know anybody. And uh, she said to me, Dino, don't worry, I'm going to make something for you. And she spent all night doing some kind of good luck charm and pronounced all these good, good omens over this good luck charm that she had for me and I was to carry it all the time. Like an evil eye. Ever some of those evil eyes, those symbols? It's all demonic. It's all demonic. You know those horns, those Italian horns? Demonic, get away from that. Demonic. Hexes and he demonic, all of it. So she gave me this good luck charm, white witch. She would tell me stories, yeah, that she would pray against the, the evil witches and demons and she'd wait and she would show me the bruises that she would fight with the devil. She took all demonic. And I went to LA with this thing and I held on for protection. And I was being deceived by this. My mother was deceived by this. Thinking that there are good witches and bad witches. They're all witches performing these acts, the demonic realm. And then when I eventually got saved, I threw away this in my pad, the pastor that I was attending. And I, I actually opened up this good luck, because I, I never opened it up. And I saw these hairs and these weird objects inside this, this, like this, this ball of sorts. Like maybe even animal parts. I don't know what they were. That's what, they do in, that's what they use in voodoo, by the way. I won't get into that, that's another story. Let me tell you something, the demonic world is truly alive. Interesting story of a woman possessed with demons in Haiti. There were four missionaries, listen to this, four missionaries came to preach the gospel in Haiti. One woman, very similar to I had the experience with this woman in India, came after them. Again, very small lady, and she began to curse them. She began to curse them as they were praying for them. Four different missionaries from different parts of the world, and she began to curse them in their language. German, Dutch, French, and I think the other one was English. She didn't speak a word of English, not a word of Dutch. She never went to school. And she spoke fluently these languages. Where did she get this power from? How do you speak four languages all of a sudden? Now 
need to ask ourselves, what is a, a witch? A witch is defined as one who practices sorcery and deals with the devil. They are glorified by wrinkled hags of Shakespeare. Here's how deception comes in. Here's what the devil wants to deceive us. They are glorified with Macbeth and Grimm's fairy tales and Walt Disney cartoons. Walt Disney cartoons is filled with demonic emblems. Mickey Mouse with a nice pointed hat. Um, pointed hat is a demonic emblem. It speaks of demonic, it speaks of power, that the power of the devil. And they and, and this is what this is all about right here. This little girl here has a pointed hat from Walt Disney with Mickey Mouse having the hat on its head. It's a demonic emblem. I can show you this later. See, but real riches, they don't fly, my friends, on booms. Well, they don't turn handsome young men into frogs. No, 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 no. They don't wear black capes and hats while flying through the air on brooms. They are ordinary people. Doctors that you might visit. Policemen, mechanics, secretaries, even preachers. Why? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 13, that the devil comes as an angel of light. Oh, you're such a nice person. You're my doctor. You come for help. You're the police. You're the preacher. Oh, they just seem so light. They seem so nice. But behind the scenes, you don't know what's going on. Just like you don't know what's going on when you send your kids trick-or-treating to that door when somebody gives them candies. You don't know what's in those candies. You don't know if that's a person who's prayed over those candies and performed a curse on those candies. You don't know what's in those candies. We'll talk about that in a second before we close. They look like they're angels, but they're not. Now the history of witchcraft is hard to detect because a lot of it has oral translation to it. They don't have much written. But witchcraft rituals have their roots in the Old Testament, in the occult, the, the worship of Artemis among the Greeks, Diana of Rome, the moon goddess of the Egyptians, and the fertility goddess of the Canaanites and the god of Malach. All of them stem for, all of this is affiliated. Halloween has its roots in all of this, my brothers and my sisters, where they sacrificed children and they formed all kinds of spells blackness and darkness its roots are stemmed right there in the Old Testament that's what Druids are Druids are priests but you could find them in the Old Testament the priests of Moloch the priests in the temple of Artemis all very similar in their practices now what do witches do they don't they don't overtly evangelize or proselytize absolutely not but but a prospect is taken into a coven for a 13 week probationary period 13 weeks it's a probation. And once the, the, the coven council accepts the person, then an additional two or three years may be required to become a full-fledged witch. It's like they have a Bible college. I went to Bible college for three years. I got a certificate and I became a minister. Well, they have their own Bible college. Very similar. You know, it's interesting. A church of Satan in Hamilton, Ontario... Hamilton, Ontario has for the last several years applied for a license to perform sacrifices and rituals. But thank God they've been turned down. 
Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Witchcraft meetings are held weekly at what they call covensteads as leaders in leaders' homes. Large meetings called esbats occur on special days of celebrations, which has evolved now to Sabbath, so they use the word Sabbath. And their ceremonies begin by members shedding their clothes and begin to worship. They worship this goat, again a contrast to the lamb, always a mockery of God. And this happens, this was this takes place, what happens is that the body's energy, they say, energy is to be released more easily by practicing this. The high priest draws a circle around the coven with a sword, candles are lit in the room, incest burns the altar, and the coven faces each of the four directions, asking the demonic gods to protect them in this circle. Their, their Bible is called the Book of Shadows, where high priests chants certain incantations in Hebrew and Greek. Why in Hebrew and Greek? because the Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek everything is a mockery to God everything they do is in contrast to God or to mock God and we're going to see why in a moment or two ceremony activities includes hexes, drugs, group sex and healing by the laying on of hands just like we do in the Bible which says to lay hands upon the sick they do the same thing but you got to be careful that's what the Bible says don't lay your hands suddenly upon any man because there are witches who lay hands on you too This is a demonic aspect of witchcraft. It's illustrated when evil spirits are summoned to answer questions like the Ouija board. I just told you. They summon spirits to answer questions like the Ouija board. That's what you take away. Some of you are taking Ouija board. Kids, if you're watching me and you're on the Ouija board, you're summoning spirits like they, the witches do. Like the witches do. You're doing the same thing. You got a Ouija board? Burn it! And spirits speak through the witches as channels of communication. The Bible clearly says in the Old Testament, God says, stay away from these, these sorcerers and these people who channel. They channel, they speak for the dead. Witchcraft. It's demonic on every level. Now friends, today the occult is flourishing like never before because it's been prophesied. In the last days, Jesus said, there will be an increase of the occult, false teaching, false prophets. Men's hearts are going to get colder and colder towards spiritual matters. And we see this. And I, again, I experienced some of this myself when I was preaching. I was in a place called Kirkland. Anybody know where Kirkland Lake up north near Timmins? Where that is? Anybody been to Kirk? You know Kirkland Lake? Anybody else? Okay. Ever heard of, ever heard of uh, Capus Casing? Not far from there. Okay. I was preaching a, a crusade among the young people. This is like 30 years ago. I was preaching a crusade and all the youth of Ontario, North Youth, came to this crusade, this camp called Silver Birches. Silver Birches. It's a Christian camp with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And I preached there, and I was preaching a message, all of a sudden, as I was preaching a message, the Lord spoke to me. And I'm very careful when I say that, because everybody thinks the Lord is speaking to them. Okay? 
All these cults start with the Lord speaking to them. Everybody's got a word of prophecy, it seems. The Lord spoke to me. Be careful when you say the Lord spoke to you. But the Lord spoke to me and said, Stop your preaching and start addressing the occult. What? And then it came to me games. Speak about game. I said, I said, what? It's so strange. I said, Is anybody I stopped? Is there any young people here that are playing some kind of games and, and some terrible games that you're playing? Some and one kid got up. Yeah, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know about that. This is the Lord spoke to me. And I found out there what Dungeons and Dragons was. And I felt the Lord saying, You exposed that this is darkness, this is demonic. And found that Dungeons and Dragons are exactly what they do in Jeremiah 10 2. It said, Do not imitate. They would impersonate dragons and demons and they play games. They play games impersonating d- demonic beings. I said, this is not, I said, you have these games here? And they brought the game. And, we, and they brought other demonic power. This is while I'm preaching. This is going on. And, and, and I said, is there anybody else doing this stuff? And one kid said, yeah, yeah, we're involved in this. We're involved in that. These were teenagers. And so we brought all these demonic paraphernalias. And we had a, a campfire outside the cabin. We burned all these things. This is while the service is going on. Deuteronomy 18, chapter 18, verses 10 to 12. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 to 12. And there shall not be found among you any that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire or use divination or observer of times or enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Because it's an abomination to the Lord that God drive them out before thee. Drive them out. And we're practicing this. People are practicing this stuff every single day. And Halloween's origin is filled with what we just read. So Halloween is purely diabolical. There's nothing good about it, friends. So just as Christmas is about Jesus... So was Halloween about the devil. Now, I'm going to close in a moment, but hold on. This sudden epidemic, and this is going to be graphic for some parents. Please be careful. If you have children, just uh, here. I don't think we do, but... This sudden epidemic of harmful substances and objects being placed inside various Halloween candies and apples, chip bags... This is not by accident. It is intentional. There are carefully planned efforts by Satanists to harm the children. Again, the children. Ephesians 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Listen, the children that are injured or in some cases killed, not always, but killed by ingesting these treats that have been poisoned, that that they received on Halloween, they are dedicated as a sacrifice to the devil. And that's why some of these saints, they pray over the candies demonically, that when the kids eat these candies, you don't know which house you're visiting, they are being sacrificed or committed to the devil. Some cases, listen to me, this is really graphic and terrible and disgusting, but I'm going to say it anyway. Some Satanists inject menstrual fluid 
These are facts I'm giving you. Poison, and in some cases, semen in the candies. They have razor blades that if a child cuts their lip on a razor blade, that's a sacrifice to the devil. If they ingest some of these fluids, that's just been as a result of some sexual orgy. I know, friends, this is so graphic and unbelievable, it's hard for me to say it, but what I'm giving to you is truth that's hidden. And I'm here to expose the darkness that goes around in this world today in the name of what seems harmless with our children and in life general. We are in a battle today. And Jesus said there would be a battle. And we are living in the last days. And the purpose of these poisons and all this debauchery is to purify the children so they can receive the blessings of Satan. Now, one of these satanic rituals is the drinking of blood. That is the most important part of the satanic ritual. Because Satan constantly strives to defile all that is holy as a mockery of Christ and what? His shedding the blood. The mockery of the communion service where Jesus died on the cross. It's all a mockery. And so in the services, they would drink blood as a form of communion. Like we as Christians partake in the communion and we drink the juice or the wine as we remember, do this in remembrance of me as we partake in the blood and the body of Christ. They do the same thing. Listen to what they do. They would spit when there's an, uh, uh, in their sermons because they, they also talk. They speak in their services. And if somebody says something, if a witch or warlock speaks something, a Satanist, and they like it, they spit as an amen. We say amen, they spit on the floor. There's an upside-down cross in their services. Has anybody ever seen these upside-down crosses that people wear? You ever see them? I've seen them. Up. That's a satanic emblem. It's a mockery of Christ. If you see somebody wearing an upside down cross on their neck, that's a Satanist. You may not understand it. It's one of their signs. They worship the goat head. Again, a mockery. Instead of the lamb, it's the goat. Why? Why is it about, why do they hate Jesus so much? Why are they so threatened by Jesus? What is it about Jesus that drives them? Why don't they get upset about Muhammad? Why are they not tormented about Krishna or Buddha? What is it about Jesus that drives them crazy? I'll tell you what it is. Because He is the Son of the living God who died for the sins of the world. And one day every knee is going to bow before the mighty King. Even Mohammed will tell you, I don't know the purpose of life. Quote. Even Buddha said, seek for the truth. Seek it. Confucius said, I'm not the way. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I've got to close. Before I do, watch this. Not everyone who celebrates Halloween thinks about the darkness that underlies the most devious of all practices and experience. They, they, they don't think about this too much. That's where the problem of deception comes. Second Corinthians 4 forces the, in whom the God of the world, the God of this world, who's the God of this world? The devil, Satan, has what? 
has blinded the minds of them which believe not. It's a blinding, it's a spiritual blinding. We don't fight against flesh. It's the demonic strongholds and spirits, spirits, these spiritual imps. These, they blind people. They put, you can't see. They blind people so you don't see the truth. You cannot comprehend it. You ever talk to somebody about Jesus? And, you, and it's, like, it's like you're talking to, to the air. They just don't seem to catch it. They don't seem to comprehend. They're blind. They don't comprehend these spiritual matters. Bible says that many will depart from the faith in the last days because of seducing spirits having itchy ears let me close with this another true story personal story I've got uh, so many but when I was in Montreal I went to high school Malcolm Campbell High School I had a good friend of mine her name was Sylvie and uh I didn't fully understand the demonic. I didn't understand. I didn't. I didn't even know who God was back then, let alone. But I know she had a fascination with Halloween and all that. And no big deal. But anyway, eventually I, I left Montreal, went to California, got saved. I came back, and I wanted to speak to Sylvie. And uh, found out that she's was involved in witchcraft and sorcery. That her, watch this. Her fascination with Halloween led her to witchcraft. This is my whole point. Her fascination with ghosts and goblins and candies and costumes and Halloween and fun led her to becoming a witch of sorts. See, this is my problem, parents. We expose our children to fun and games, but you see, you don't know that child eventually might get more hungry for these matters and start pursuing these matters like Sylvie did. I found out she was a witch and I said, Sylvie, can I, can, I, can, I, can I meet with you? So I came one day to her house to talk to her about Jesus. And I walked in the door and I honestly felt such oppression, it was unbelievable. You know, something in the spirit realm, you can sense things. You can sense in the spirit. I walked into like a, a cold, frigid air. I was like, what? And so we sat, shared some niceties and pleasantries, you know, from high school. We just got, broke the ice. She was fine. The minute I started speaking about God, it's like her face, it's like the atmosphere got even worse. I'm talking to her. It's like, Sylvia, are you listening to me? She's like her, she was like in a daze. Like she, could, like she could not receive what I was saying. It got so bad, I said, excuse me, Sam, I, I, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. And I, I went to pray. I just felt I needed to pray. And so I went into, the, there was like a room near the bathroom. And she had lots of cats, okay, lots. She had five cats. And so I'm praying and I'm asking God, God, something's wrong here. Help me, whatever. Open her eyes. Praying like that. Remember, I'm, I just basically got saved myself. I didn't have much experience in these things. And I'm praying, Lord, open her eyes, Lord. And all of a sudden, as I'm praying, I felt something in my back push me. But it wasn't that bad. It was like, like that, maybe. Ah, maybe I looked around at my imagination or something. I continue to pray. But the second time, 
pushed me that I actually ended up on the couch that was in front of me. And I said, oh, this has to be her cats. Has to be her cats. So I looked for her cats. There was no cat in the room. And I realized it was a demonic spirit. I just got saved maybe a, 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 three quarters of a year. At this, I didn't have much experience. But I had enough presence of mind to pray in the spirit. I said, God, there's a demon in the name of Jesus. I started, you know, I didn't have experience. But I was praying the way I can pray that God would get rid of the spirit. I went back into the room where Sylvie was, brothers and sisters. It's like she was a brand new person. I talked to her and it's like she was receiving. It's like the words started to enter into her spirit. Well, guess what? Years later, um, she called me. In fact, how many years ago was it, Nadi? Was it two years ago? A year ago? I can't... A year ago. And she told me that she saw me on daily devotions. And told me her story that she got saved. And that she saw me, she was so moved and I was able to share more with her. Brothers and sisters, we're in a battle. We need Jesus. Our children need Jesus. And you as parents and we as adults, we need to understand that we're not dealing with fun and games. This is all a lie. And God is looking for people like you and me to stand up against unrighteousness. Stand up for truth. I'll be talking a little bit more about it tonight. We're going to watch a video. You don't want to miss it. We're going to pray. I want to challenge all of you to come back tonight to pray. We're going to finish this sermon. We're going to finish. We're going to watch a video. And we're going to begin to pray. Please be here by 6 o'clock. We have some refreshments. We just want to connect. And then we're going to get into the service. We're going to be fasting tonight. Right till tomorrow. Some of us right till Halloween. Believe God for breakthroughs. Will you please stand with me? I want every head bowed. Every head bowed just for a moment. Nobody looking, nobody turning.